everyone, and welcome to the Rural Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Albrecht, your host, and we're talking all about spuds today. That's right, we have potatoes on our mind, and here to chat with us is Ted Kreiss, who serves as the Marketing and Communications Director for the Northern Plains Potato Growers Association. Welcome, Ted. Hi, nice to be here. I found some interesting historical tidbits involving potatoes. They were first cultivated as early as 200 BC. They were eventually first grown here in the United States in 1719 with the first French fries, which despite its name, aren't actually French. But they were served in the White House during the Thomas Jefferson administration. This vegetable has quite a history, doesn't it? Oh, it's been a staple for many years. If you think about it, there's no vegetable that you see on your plate more often than a potato. And the nice thing about potatoes is they can be uh, prepared in, in so many different ways. So the possibilities are endless with the potato. And potatoes are often associated with the state of Idaho, given their large annual production. However, states like Wisconsin, North Dakota, and Minnesota all rank among national leaders for growing the vegetable. Let's make no mistake, potatoes contribute significantly to the local economy. Absolutely. Uh, Right here in Grand Forks, for example, we have a Simplot plant that produces french fries, well, all kinds of different frozen products from hash browns to uh, tater tots, the whole works. And Simplot actually supplies a lot of potatoes to uh, McDonald's restaurants, so it's a big deal right here in Grand Forks. There's another fry plant in Jamestown, of course, Cavendish Farms and one in Park Rapids, and that's Lamb Weston. So we have three very large French fry plants uh, right right in our immediate area here. But there's also the fresh industry, and we have 14 different uh, fresh shippers in the valley that primarily grow red and yellow potatoes for the fresh market, and seed growers, and I uh, can't forget the chip growers. So the potato industry is very diversified in, uh, in North Dakota and, and Western Minnesota. So regardless of what your preference is, there's many different options for this vegetable. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about growing this crop. Does it require any certain type of conditions? Potatoes yield much, much higher if they're on uh, irrigated ground. All the Simplock growers have moved to irrigation, uh, and they typically like to grow those uh, russets for french fries. They like to grow those on a sandier soil. Uh, The fresh industry is more centralized in in northeastern North Dakota and and northwest Minnesota and that's right down here in the Red River Valley where the soil is much heavier and irrigation wouldn't work real good on that soil but cost production of course is much lower too without irrigation so we uh, are also quite diversified on that front also. So it really seems like the variety is more so matched with the soil type? Well you can grow potatoes russets or reds in either a heavy soil or a sandy soil but there certainly are differences in uh, and preferences depending on what you're raising. Our production area um, extends from way out by the Wilson area where we have primarily some seed growers that are on isolated land up there that is ideal for growing certified seed um, all the way over to the Lake of the Woods area um, near the Canadian border in Minnesota and we also have some growers kind of concentrated down around Jamestown, of course, for the Cavendish plant. And then in Minnesota, there's two areas in Minnesota. Area 1 would be our area, and that includes the counties pretty much bordering the North Dakota border. And Area 2 is another growing region in Minnesota that's governed by a different uh, association. And 
that stretches all the way from just east of Cass County or so and all goes all the way through the rest of the state. So when are potatoes typically planted and when are they traditionally harvested? You get some potatoes planted uh, maybe in mid to late April depending on the spring for the process growers because they like to uh, take some potatoes directly from the field to the for processing at the fry plants before they go into storage. But your fresh growers are going to wait till May in general for an October harvest, late September even. That's because they all go into storage for the most part. There's a few that don't, but you got to put those potatoes in after the ground has cooled down. So I'd say anywhere from April, May is the planting to uh, September and October uh, for the harvest. Do potatoes make for a good crop to rotate in with other staples like corn and soybeans? And since we're, of course, here in the Red River Valley, right. sugar beets as well? Yeah, uh, potatoes have to be on your... They don't have to be, but um, almost all uh, growers uh, have them on a three-year rotation with other crops. So what are the biggest challenges for growing potatoes? I'd say definitely number one would be our climate the type of weather patterns uh, in North Dakota and northern Minnesota, of course, can vary tremendously from year to year. Too long of dry periods can can hurt the potato, and uh, too much rain can hurt the potatoes. They're generally resilient to uh, you know a light frost or something like that. But water has been the culprit and and a blessing for our growers in this area. Even the irrigated growers. You wouldn't think they'd be dependent on, on rain as much, and they aren't. But the number of uh, days where you get sun, warmer temperatures will make the potatoes, of course, grow faster. So weather is uh, the number one challenge. And number two, uh, you know, the potato is a very complex plant. It's very susceptible to a lot of diseases. And I know our researchers and our potato breeders are always looking for new and better varieties to combat these issues. So, People are becoming more and more curious about their food with that in mind. On average, how long does a potato go from being harvested to being processed and then ready for consumption? Under the right conditions can be stored for anywhere from, you know, well, as soon as you want to take it out of storage up to maybe even close to a year. Ideally, uh, our potatoes that go into storage are, for the fresh side at least, are pretty much done by June. So, you know, they're stored from uh, from September into June. So you're looking at about a 10-month uh, storage period there. Some of the processed potatoes probably go, you know, up to 12 months, up, right up until the next crop is harvested. Yeah, potatoes, the wonderful thing about them is they can store for a year and very little difference in the taste or the quality or the appearance of the potatoes. So thinking about the total U.S. production, how much stays here domestically and how much is shipped elsewhere around the world? In the United States, the great majority are consumed domestically, especially on the fresh side. Most of the exports, uh, not all of them, but most of them are frozen product, and most of those uh, go out of ports in, in Washington and, and go to Asian markets. Europe is not really a market for us. They grow a lot of potatoes themselves in Europe. So the majority of what we do export is frozen and, and usually goes to Asia. The fresh side, there's nothing being exported out of this area on the fresh side that I'm aware of. And those, the ongoing trade disputes are impacting your industry? They have somewhat, yes. 
China is not a, a, a large partner for us for potatoes, so that's the one that first comes to mind. But I think it has done some damage, especially in North America, especially going to Mexico. We, we've been trying for many, many years to get a, a deal done with Mexico, and this probably set it back. So we're all waiting for a new North American deal of some kind. And switching gears a little bit, clearly Americans do love their potatoes. The average person eats about 110 pounds of potatoes a year here. Much of that comes in the form of frozen french fries. Are you seeing any changing consumer habits that are happening out there? You would think so uh, with all the health concerns and crazes that are going on, but the, the french fry market is very, very healthy. And the growth, most of the growth for uh, frozen product is actually outside the United States. So that is the, the one segment of our industry that we've seen a lot of growth in is uh, frozen exports. In the United States, unfortunately, we've been on a, a slow but steady decline for many, many years for per capita potato consumption. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think at one time it was over 150 pounds a year. And like uh, right, like you said, it's it's probably closer to 100 right now. So there has been some of that. And the unfortunate part of that is that uh, potatoes often labeled as an unhealthy food. And we think just the opposite is true. It, a lot depends on how you prepare it. Of course, a, a baked potato has only got 110 calories, a five ounce baked potato. And it's got a lot of vitamin C, a lot of potassium, lots of other minerals and, and vitamins I'm not even mentioning. And the best part about a potato is it fills you up. I mean, you eat a potato and you're satisfied. If you get those 110 calories from another food source, uh, you probably don't even know you ate anything. So, And of course, carbo carbohydrates, the diets there have been damaging to the potato uh, industry for uh, probably going past a decade now at least. There again, carbohydrates, you see athletes loading up on carbohydrates, you know, on the last meal before a sporting event, and they do that for a reason. So I guess it's up to each individual to look at their own lifestyle, but like our billboard south of Grand Forks says, eat healthy, eat potatoes. Now, building off of that a little bit, the potato is a starchy vegetable, which I guess makes you gluten-free, of course. How important are labels or designations like gluten-free to today's food labels? You mentioned carbohydrates, and I guess that would be another mm -hmm. consideration. Well, yeah, gluten-free. I mean, we've always been gluten-free. Um, I, I have a, a person in my family that has celiac disease, and, and, and for those people, it's very, very important to avoid gluten. Unfortunately, I think some people have capitalized on gluten as a type of diet that I really don't think has any merit for people that uh, are not celiac. The other thing that is not a problem for potatoes as of now is uh, GMO labeling. If you look into the science for genetically modified uh, foods, there's a lot of fear of the unknown, but there's also absolutely no proof that GMOs are going to hurt you in any way. Right now there's no uh, GMO potatoes on the fresh market, so the possibility of some hitting the market in the near future is a very real thing, but um, there's that's one area we think the public is really misinformed on. There's been uh, GMO sugar and GMO soybeans in the market for many, many years, and, and it's just recently that it's been used as a marketing tool. Unfortunately, there's not much science to back the claims that GMOs aren't good for you. 
Now, we spent time discussing various aspects of the industry, but what's your favorite part about working within it? Oh, the people are fantastic. I've been doing this job for 15 years, so I've had the good fortune of meeting a lot of potato growers in the area, and there's no more. There's the people that are in the industry are down to earth, really good people, almost to a T. I mean, it's fantastic. I've made a lot of friendships, personal friendships, with person I uh, with the people I work with in this industry. So, it has been a very rewarding experience, and and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now, if there's someone out there listening who might be interested in growing potatoes that currently doesn't, what advice would you have for them before they get started? Oh, you better have somebody in the family that's going to get you started on the potato industry. I think not not just potatoes, but to get into farming, especially right now, from scratch would be very, very difficult and very high risk. So I would highly recommend anybody that even would conceive doing that would have a lot of financial backing for one thing and also uh, would need to probably work under a potato grower for some time to actually learn how things are done. It's not something you can just decide to uh, run into and do. How about for the guys that already are farming out there that might just be interested in throwing another crop into their mix? Well, in that case, you'd have to buy a lot of new equipment, of course. Uh, Potato harvesters are very expensive. You'd have to consider where you're going to store your potatoes. And the most important thing is you'd have to know where you're going to market your potatoes. To find somebody to buy the potatoes that isn't already covered might be very difficult. I mean, all the contracts are out for the fry industry and uh, chips are all contracted. The fresh industry, uh, all the potatoes are are hauled to the wash plants in this area and uh, there's no real need for any expansion right now on their part. So that would be the biggest obstacle is actually finding somewhere to sell and market your potatoes. So where can listeners go to find out more information about your organization but also the potato industry in general? A couple of really good sites, of course, uh, for locally. Uh, we have an association website. Uh, it's nppga.org, and that's an acronym for Northern Plains Potato Growers Association.org. And nationally, the Potatoes USA has a fantastic website, especially for consumers, and that, I believe, is uh, potatogoodness.com. And thirdly, uh, the Red River Valley Fresh Industry has their own website, and that is redrivervalleypotatoes.com. So um, any of those three websites would be great assets for people wanting to learn more. Ted, thank you very much for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. That's Ted Kreiss, who serves as the Marketing and Communications Director for the Northern Plains Potato Growers Association. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Rural Perspectives Podcast, which is a production of Egg Country Farm Credit Services. To get more great content, please visit www.eggcountry.com. Music